0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Turn with me in your Bible. And uh, we're going to look at this Christmas story this morning. I'm just going to preach something quickly for you. In, uh, we're going to look at Luke, Luke 1 26, and I'm going to go from 26 to 33, and then we're going to skip a little bit and go to Luke 2, and then I'll go from 1 to 7 in chapter 2. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and he shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the, God will, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Skip down to chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Cornelius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. We've heard this story a lot, even if you don't go to church or maybe you wouldn't consider yourself a church person and and uh, someone sort of invited you to come along. You would be somewhat sort of familiar a little bit with this story, and uh, we talk about this story, and even as we 're reading through it, you know we talk about the journey and we talk about mary getting getting a message you know from the angel and it 's this cool sort of pretty picture and Then they take this this awesome sort of journey um, you know to where to where uh, Jesus is said to be born and and then they go to the inn, and there 's no room and, and And they go from there to the manger. And it's this beautiful sort of story that we do plays about and we paint pictures about. But I want to look at Christmas or I want to look at the first Christmas this morning from a different perspective. I want to look at the Christmas that Mary had as the first Christmas. I want to look at, because this story really is the first Christmas. We know that. But what I want to look at it is I want to talk about Mary's Christmas, the, Mary, the, the Christmas that Mary had, because it was very different to the Christmas that everybody else had in this story. The difference was everyone else was involved in the journey, but she was the one that carried the Messiah. Everybody else was involved, everyone played a part, but she carried the promise. Everyone else was singing the songs. Everyone else gets their name mentioned in the story. But she's the one that has to birth it. She's the one that is carrying greatness in her heart. And, and what I want to talk about this morning, I want to talk about a merry Christmas as in M-A-R-Y. And I want to talk about birthing greatness this morning. Because in this story, when we look at this story, that is exactly what happened. And I want to talk a little bit about the challenges of this woman Mary and the challenges that she had to go through, that she had to walk through in order to birth greatness. Because I believe that what God is speaking to us today as a church and and for our own lives is that God is calling us this Christmas to not just have a normal Christmas God is calling us as a church and each one of you as individuals to not let this just be a normal Christmas. I believe this is going to be a Christmas where you are going to birth greatness out of your heart. I believe that God has put something inside of each one of you and I believe that He has called it to come forth. I'm, I'm talking about a merry, a merry Christmas. It's different to a Christmas that everyone else has. It's different to a Christmas that everyone else goes through and a Christmas that everyone else celebrates. The thing about Mary's Christmas was everybody else was celebrating him, but she was carrying him. Everyone else was enjoying Christmas on one level. But she took Christmas, her Christmas went to another level because she wasn't just enjoying Him from a distance. She was carrying Him within her. And there was this journey that she had to go on. You talk about the journey and you look at the journey of a, of this woman. She goes through, she hears of of from the angel of, of what's happening. First, she goes through the initial shock and, and the fear of it and then the excitement. And then they, get, they go on this journey where they actually, they actually are, 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 are changed. Their location has to change. They go from, from, from where they are in Nazareth and because of the census that gets called out, they have to change from one location to another location. And we talk about it in the story. We look at it and it says they, they got on a donkey and it's a sweet, pretty picture. And, you know, it's a friendly looking donkey. And, you know, Joseph leads it along and Mary's sitting there, you know, like side saddle. Just, you know what I mean, for the picture. Just. I mean, no, know, it's a different story. If you're nine months pregnant, riding on a donkey. I take my hat off to Joseph that he was even able to convince Mary to take the journey on a donkey. Do you realise it's, they say it's a 90 mile journey that they had to take? 90 miles. They said it was taken in the winter. They said the pace at which they would have been moving, they would cover about 10 miles a day, which means a nine day journey. They said during the day, the temperature is 30 degrees. During the night, it's below freezing. She gets on this donkey and begins to take this journey. They say that they don't go into the details that they don't in the gospel. They don't talk about the details of this journey because they say that the disciples that Matthew in this text or Luke in this text rather presumes that everybody knows the danger that's involved on this journey. They talk about, I was reading, they talk about the dangers of having to fight off wild animals, the dangers of having to fend robbers, the difficulty and the challenges. We don't read about all of that. This was Mary's Christmas. We read about the pretty journey from one place to the next and we celebrate the birth thing. But how many know that sometimes when you're the one that carries it, When God's put something in your heart and people can celebrate the blessing that perhaps you're experiencing now, but they don't know the difficulties that you had to go on in the journey of believing God every single step of the way, the 90 miles of standing, they can look at your family now. And they can say, well, it's good for you. You know, your marriage is doing good. But they weren't there the night when you two are about to walk out on each other. They weren't there the night where you're praying and and pleading for God to save your kids. It's the journey that sometimes you have to go on to birth greatness. And I want to encourage you. I believe that God has put something in each one of your hearts. And it's no small thing God has called you to do. That's why the journey perhaps has seemed tough. The don't lose heart. It's it's not it's not devastation, it's just a relocation. Because all the while, what was happening was God was repositioning them to actually line up with his will. Because the prophecy said they were in Nazareth, but the prophecy said that Jesus was gonna be born in Bethlehem. So God said, I'm gonna position them. i got, I got to take them out of Nazareth as much as it's comfortable there, as much as they know their surroundings there, as much as they know that that's where they're from, that's where they perhaps want to raise their kid. My will says otherwise. So I'm going to pick them up from there and I'm going to take them on this journey that may to them seem crazy. But I've got a bigger picture. My thoughts are not their thoughts. My ways are not their ways. So to line them up in the perfect will of God for their life and for this season, there's got to be a relocation. And I believe that what God is telling us today is that we need you need to be encouraged that what God has put in your heart is gonna come forth, but there's just some relocating that God wants to do. I love that God used an ungodly man to relocate them. It was a census that went out from a Roman Caesar. Sometimes we look at difficult things in our life. We look at attacks that we come under. We look at challenges that we walk through. Things that in the natural look like they're against us. But God will use the very things that are against you sometimes to put you exactly where He wants you to be. Sometimes it'll be the thing that you think is fighting against you and you're pushing against when really it's pushing you onto the track that God has called you to walk on. And I wanna encourage you this morning, you need to believe the Word of God that everything that Satan brings your way, God will turn it around for the good to position you exactly where He wants you to be. This Christmas, you're about to birth greatness. Sometimes the lack that we feel like we're against, sometimes the the poverty that we feel like we're fighting against, what He's doing is He's positioning you to a new place of faith that He wants you to be in, because the, the, the journey that He's called you to go on is greater than you realise, and you need to be in a different place to birth what God has put in your heart. It's a, it's a journey that we go on. It's, it's, a, it's the process of walking in what God has called us to walk in. They went through this, this crazy messiness. When you think about Mary's Christmas, 90 days on a donkey. I've tried to convince my wife that we need to go camping. First, why are you looking at me like that? First time, I, I said to her the other day, I said, babe, we need to go camping. You should have seen the look on her face. She is not convinced at all that it's a good idea. I'm down. I I love it. Let's go crash out, put a little tent on the beach. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, she's got a different picture of what a vacation should look like. Just, Mary's gone through this crazy ninety days in the snow, riding on a donkey. She's nine months pregnant. Because sometimes, you, sometimes it's the uncomfortableness that we journey through is the thing that stirs our heart for the breakthrough that we know that we're called to walk in. There's something. There's something about. A pregnancy that 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 kills the flesh. There's something about carrying that burden. See, see, Mary was carrying the very thing that everybody else was celebrating. She was the one that was journeying it through. My my sisters have had two, recently a few months back. I've had two little girls, both my sisters, and my sister-in-law recently had a baby as well. And Caressa went over to. To Georgia, where they are, where Courtney, my sister in law, had had a baby, gave birth. Caressa, the sisters were in the room. You know, like the birth, like where it all happens. Like that whole deal scares me, to be honest. She comes back, I pick up Caressa and I said, What happened? I said to her, I said, Baby, tell me what happened. So she did. She starts to describe in detail what happens in the birthing process. Bro, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I I realised, you know, when you ask a question and you realise you actually don't want to hear the answer? I thought she was going to say, the baby came out and she's perfect. I would have said, awesome. But she began to talk about the the. Words I don't even know what it is. She's saying things. I'm like, oh, what? Like, what is that? I don't even. And she starts to describe, and as she's describing, I'm like, okay, let's. Whoa, whoa. She was talking about placentas and exactly. It's, so she said, you know what I mean? The he thing. You like, okay, let's let's backpedal. Don't worry about that. I don't need the whole album. Just give me the greatest hits, just real quick, like. I said to her, give me, give me the male version, the guy version. Do you know what I mean? We have a guy version of certain stories. But then when, when, when Chris will get around other women and the women will talk about, the women love the details of, of the whole process. Men, we just like, do you know what I mean? We just want the end result, pretty picture, little baby wrapped up, cleaned up, all of that stuff. It just works. But there's something about it because because in the natural women are called to birth something so they're the ones that carry it so they don't mind talking about and walking through the mess But if you're not called to carry it, then the mess will turn you off. But when you've been the one that, when you're the one that's called to carry it, for everyone else, it may not make sense. But when you're the one that's gonna birth the breakthrough for your family, it doesn't bother you to walk through the mess. You're the one that's gonna birth the breakthrough for your kids. It doesn't bother you to wake up in the early hours of the morning and get on your knees before God and start crying out for your family. It doesn't bother you to start believing for crazy things because you're the one that's birthing the promise. And I want to encourage you this morning that to birth what God has called you to birth, there may be a mess, but God will give you a grace to walk it through because you are called this Christmas to give birth to greatness. It's this it's this process and it's this journey that, that, that Mary had to go on, this journey of, of relocating. And then they had to relocate again. They had to go through, you know, the story of the Herod came out after them and then they had to move again. It was, a, it was an attack that came against them that was able to again position them to the place that God called them to be. It was a hard road. Sometimes we have to thank God for the hard roads. You look back over your life when you were walking through it, You're thinking, God, what are you even doing? Why would this happen? Why would I lose this job? Why would this relationship fall apart? Why would this diagnosis come? The hard roads. But I want to encourage you that God will work through the hard roads. God will work through the, the Herods in your life that, that reposition you again. And it seems like it's so out of God's will for your life and for that timing that He has set up for you. But I want to I encourage you and tell you He's birthing this birthing greatness out of your life. So finally she gets to Bethlehem. She gets to Bethlehem. She's carrying Jesus she knows it, she's received it, she gets to Bethlehem and, and they go to the inn and the innkeeper comes out. He says, I've got no room. I've got, I, we can't, we've got no space for you here. You can't birth this here. You're gonna have to go somewhere else. What do we do when we feel like no one else can see what we're carrying? When you feel like you got a promise And and you're trying to find some people that'll make some space for you to birth what God's called you to birth, but you get rejected by the very people that should be able to see what's on your life. You you felt like it was gonna happen. Maybe you feel like your spouse doesn't see it and, and your friends don't see it and the people around you don't see it. But I love how secure Mary was in what she was called to do that even when she was rejected by someone that perhaps should have accepted them, should have made some room for them, that she was so secure in what she was called to do and what she was called to birth, it didn't bother her. She said, it doesn't matter whether it's an inn, whether it's a hospital, whether it's a hotel, or even if it's a manger, I know what God has put on my life and the city, the setting that I'm in is not going to take away from what I'm about to birth. He put her in a, she went to a horrible place. We can talk it up like it's a pretty picture. It was a pig's trough. But I love that in the middle of the pig's trough, in the middle of a horrible circumstance, in the middle of, in the natural obstacles all around, it shouldn't, it shouldn't happen. Do you understand? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit. It doesn't. But God pulled out of that situation something that was so great that it was able to turn the actual situation into a pretty picture. It turned a pig's trough into almost like a throne. It turned a difficult circumstance because of what he was able to birth out of it. It turned a challenging thing into something that would eventually get glory. And I want to encourage you, it doesn't matter where your situation or where the journey might end you up. It doesn't matter whether it ends up even down to the lowest point of a pig's trough. If you hold on to what God has put in your heart, you will birth greatness, but you've got to stand and you've got to believe that He is the God that we read about. And no matter the obstacle, He is still in control. Maybe you feel like this year, maybe you look back this year and you look at, look at everything that perhaps hasn't happened, Everything that perhaps you're believing that God would do. And you look at the situation now. It's like, well, I thought it's almost like it's a pig's trough. It didn't work out. It's, what? Can you imagine Mary's Christmas? Just before she gives birth, she's, she's in a stable surrounded by animals, I guess. I, I, I bet she was standing there thinking, what am I? I didn't. When the angel came to me. Come on, when the angel comes and says, this is what's going to happen. You didn't give me these details. I didn't realise it was going to go down like this. But God was true to what He promised her, that you will birth a Saviour that you will birth the King of Kings. Whether it happens in a hospital or a hotel or a manger, it doesn't matter how it's gonna take place. The fact is that it's gonna happen and it's gonna happen through you. And I want to encourage you this Christmas, you will birth what God has called you to birth. Your business will be blessed the way God has called to bless it. Your family will be saved. Your business will go down the track God's called it to be. Your your marriage will be blessed. We have to stand on what we know God has said. Regardless of the challenge, regardless of the situation, this Christmas, we're going to birth greatness. You're going to birth a promise this Christmas. The birthing process is messy. Carrying, think about Mary carrying Jesus, carrying the promise, the burden of that. And you go through, you go through this process when a woman goes through the process of, of birthing. Pregnancy is an inconvenience to your flesh. Things start to change. It's You start to, listen, you start to desire. I remember when my sister first got pregnant with her first baby, she would wake up at like 2am, 3am and want like pickles. I'd be like, what? You've never liked pickles your whole life. She's like, I know, I just feel like pickles. It'll be 4am, 5am. All of a sudden she wants a tomato sandwich. Random, random things you start to, when a pregnant woman gets pregnant, she starts to have these random out of the box cravings that are different to what she would crave before. Because of what's inside of her, what's inside of her now desires something different to what she was desiring. Before Now she's waking up at crazy hours of the night because what's inside of her is desiring something that she wasn't having before. And I wanna tell you, when you're birthing something that's great, God will stir you at crazy hours of the day. You'll be the one waking up at 2am saying, I need to start, I just wanna read the Word. You'll be the one coming to service, one, two, three, four services on a Sunday. You'll be the one listening to worship in your car, like you wouldn't normally do before because what's in you is hungry for something else. If you wanna birth what God has called you to birth, you gotta start to feed it the right things. You gotta start to nourish it. You gotta start to strengthen it. If you wanna be Spirit fed, you gotta be Spirit led. You gotta start feeding what God has put in your heart. It's not just gonna come about. For a pregnant woman, a pregnant, the, the, the thing about this story with Mary is when she went and saw Mary who was pregnant with John, remember the story and it? it says the baby inside of her kicked. I want to tell you, if your dream hasn't kicked in a while, something might be wrong. That's why you've got to, see, she got around someone that caused what God had put in her heart to stir a bit. That's why who who you pick, who you hang with, who you who you get with, the the small group that you're in, you gotta I wanna get around people that cause my dream to kick a bit. I wanna get around someone that as soon as I get near them, they, hang on, they remind me, hang on, I've got something inside of me. God's birthed something inside of me. You gotta get around people. That's what church needs to be. When you walk in this church, it's not a time to just kick back and sit back and watch the service. When you walk into this service, there should be a kick inside of you that gets you up out of your seat. It's a kick that gets you going in praise, that gets you going in worship. It's a reminder that the dream's there. It's a reminder that greatness is there. It's the kick in the Spirit. This is why we need those times with God. That's why I love getting with God and, and getting in worship. I need, sometimes I just need to get in an atmosphere that will cause the greatness to kick. The greatness to stir inside of your heart. You've got to understand that God has called you To birth greatness. The thing that in this story, and even as I was praying this morning, and I'm gonna start to wrap up soon. As I said at the start, everybody else was celebrating. Everyone else was into it. The wise men were there, and the shepherds were there, and it was cool. But for Mary, it was a Christmas on a different level. It was deeper for her. Because it wasn't, she wasn't looking at, she wasn't focused on the celebrations going on around her. She was focused on what God had put in her. It was real to her on another level. I'm telling you, Christmas for me changed radically when I got saved. Christmas is always, you know, especially in Western culture, you, you kick around Christmas. Everyone loves Christmas. Everyone sings the songs. Sometimes I watch the, you know, you'll see, you know, Chris and I saw someone the other day, an artist, you know, that people get up that perhaps don't know Jesus and they'll sing, sing a carol and they'll be singing the Christmas carols and you're looking thinking, listen to the lyrics that they're singing. I was thinking of that worship song, "Oh, come, let us adore Him." What well, carols are? Carols are some of the best worship songs that we have. But I remember going before I was saved, before I really knew Jesus, before I really had that, before I really had that intimacy with Him. See, whatever you're intimate with will be what you birth. Mary was intimate with him, with the Holy Spirit and that's why it says the Holy Spirit deposited something in her. Whatever you're close to, whatever you, whatever you're intimate with will be what comes out of your life. But I remember when I I got saved, I remember the first Christmas after I got saved. How many know when you get saved, you sing Christmas carols a little bit different? Don't you? You look at a nativity. I remember looking at a nativity scene. I'd seen them so many times before. Seen the wise man, shepherds, little baby. But when you, get, when you get saved, you look at that little baby different, don't you? Everyone else sees a baby, but you see a Saviour. You start to sing like these songs and we're singing it. And He's saying, oh, come let us adore Him. When everyone else is celebrating what's going on, Everyone else is celebrating Jesus. It means something different when you've got Jesus in you. Because you know what He was. You know that the gift, we talk about the greatest gift being Jesus Christ. It's a bigger deal than a baby in a manger. I heard this awesome story yesterday that I just want to close with it's the story of this missionary who is a missionary in a small village and he was in this village and he was actually as part of his missionary work he was a teacher and he was teaching some of the some of the younger kids in the village and he was talking about christmas and he was talking about christmas in in western cultures and how what they would do is they would exchange gifts you would give a gift to someone because it's Christmas. And he was telling the kids this. And a few days later, must have been four or five days later, this, this kid, one of the kids that was in the class, came up and gave, gave this teacher this, this, this small stone. It was a, it was a, a pretty um, cool looking stone. And he gave it to the teacher and said, because of what you were saying about Christmas, this is my gift. I want to give you this gift as a present. And the teacher was touched. He thought, oh, that's cool. He says, thank you, bro. That's awesome. He didn't think much of it. He thought that's a sweet gesture. And he took the stone home and just put it on the side bench in his house. And he had some guests over later on in the week to his house. And those guests, when they came over, one of the guests saw that stone and said to him, do you mind me asking, where did you get that? He said, oh, that's just some stone that, that one of the village kids gave me. And he said, a kid gave you that stone? And he says, yeah. He said, do you realise where that stone is from? And he said, no, I just figured that he had picked it up from the ground or it was something, you know, that he had found somewhere. He said, you can only get that stone, that particular stone in one location. It's about a three, four day journey from here. You can only take the journey by foot cannot ride a horse there or any cart. You cannot get there by that. You've got to walk by foot. When you get to that location, you've then got to climb. You go across razor sharp rocks, it'll cut you up, beat you up. That's just to get, then to get it, to dig it up, to bring it back. He says, you have no idea if that kid got that stone and brought it to you, you have no idea the long walk that he took to get that. So this teacher felt horrible. He said, oh, I can't believe it. I just, I barely thought much of it. So the next day he's out in the village and he found this kid and playing and he called him over and he said, listen, I just, I wanted to thank you again. I had no idea. No one told me prior to, to you giving me this gift of what, what it took, the long walk, the, the, the journey for you to bring me this gift. And he said it to the kid and the kid looked back at him and said these words. And he says, The journey, the gift is all about the journey. The gift is all about the long walk. That it's not just about the stone, but it's about the journey that was taken to purchase that stone. And that's the same for us at Christmas. It's not just about the baby. It's about the long walk. It's a long walk from heaven to earth. It's a long walk to, for God to be wrapped in flesh and live on this earth. For 30 years as a nobody, didn't do any ministry. No one knew Him just doing His deal. It was a long walk to the cross, up the hill of Golgotha. But this was the price that Jesus paid for us. And this is what I want us to remember this Christmas. Is the gift and the price that was paid and the long walk that Jesus went on for us. Let it be a, a merry Christmas. Christmas. God has called each and every one of you to birth greatness. You were created for greatness. And maybe you're here, maybe you don't know Him, maybe you're not in relationship with Him. But you need to know that you're here, I believe you're here today in this service as part of a plan and purpose for your life. The Bible says, before I formed you, God said, before I formed you, I knew you. That word new speaks of close intimate relationship. Do you know what that means? Before I formed you, I put greatness in you. And some of you are fighting greatness. You're going from one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, trying to keep yourself entertained, trying to fulfil yourself with all of these different things that the world offers. And all the while you're just trying to fight the greatness that God has put on your life. And it will drive you crazy trying to shake off greatness because you were born with a plan and a purpose for your life. And you will only step into what God has for you when you first receive Jesus Christ, not as a Christmas story, not as a song, not as a service you attend, but receive Him as your Lord and as your Saviour. It's the greatest decision you can make in your whole life. And what I wanna do right now is I wanna give each and every person an opportunity to do that here with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here in this place.